0: Yesterday, we talked about modesty and bikinis, no small topic. And uh, today, we talk about summer vacations in general. The summer vacation season has begun in the United States, and a listener named Ryan writes in to ask this Pastor John, I'm wondering if you could discuss the theology of vacations. You often talk about not wasting your life or any moment or season in it. Intellectually, I agree, but at times it just seems like I need to rest. Where do vacations fit?
1: Well, you do need a rest, and uh, the Bible provides some pretty significant foundations for rest and I think indirectly for vacations. let Let me just mention a few of those foundations that I think give us some guidance. Number one, God created us in need of daily sleep. I have always found that quite frustrating. I hate sleep. I find sleep (laughs) boring. (laughs) So why did he make me like a helpless baby that must go unconscious one third of my life? I mean, just think of it. What is the message in that? There's got to be a message in that. And Psalm 127 says, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved, some translations say, in his sleep, some sleep. I think the gist in the context is pretty much the same. According to this text, sleep is a gift from God, and the gift is often spurned by anxious toil. Peaceful sleep is the opposite of anxiety. God does not want his children to be anxious, but to trust him so... I conclude that God made sleep as a continual reminder that we should not be anxious, but should rest in him like a little baby. Unless you turn to become like a child, you can't even enter the kingdom. He created sleep to make sure we would have a daily reminder we are not God. Our work is not decisive in running the world. God's work is decisive. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Psalm 121. So we sleep. God never sleeps. So sleep is foundational. It's a pointer. And I think the big picture there we take away is don't don't get your Don't get a big head about your work that uh, you think you can run the world or make everything happen. You're like a little baby, a third of your life, and God meant to tell you something. Number two, God established a Sabbath principle. However you relate the Old Testament law to the present, the Sabbath remains a gift with wisdom in it. Um, I remember reading C.S. Lewis's wife's book on the Ten Commandments and seeing her point out the wonder and the glory and the incredible gift of telling an ancient agricultural people whose lives depended on working the land, not only don't you have to go to work today, you may not go to work today, mandatory weekly vacation. And it was stunning. I mean, I just had never seen it in that light. And she said, That's, that is exactly the way it would have landed on people. At least at the beginning, you you may not work seven days a week. I won't let you. <laughs> you you must. And then he consecrated it to himself as a, a a sign of his own creative power and holiness. And but the underlying issue of its gift nature to a a worn-out, finite, tired agricultural people remains. And so I say the rhythm of work six, rest one, work six, rest one, work six, rest one, would, would probably spare a lot of heart attacks and give longevity to many lives prematurely taken because they never unwind the spring. They're always work. They're working at home and they're working at work and they're working in their play and they can't stop working. And I don't think that's what one in seven means. This spring that we live by, especially for some of us, it needs to be unwound, not just two weeks a year, but one day a week. Here's number three, third foundational idea to point towards rest and vacation. Work is good. And it's not a curse, but it is redeemed. So we, we must work the works of him while it is day. Jesus called for work, and we ought to work. And Paul said, if anyone's not willing to work, let him not eat. And I love this verse in First Corinthians 15. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord... Your labor is not in vain. That means be doing a lot of it, abounding in the work of the Lord. And Paul said, "Don't be weary in doing good." So, so here's the rub: How do you not grow weary? I mean, he says, "Don't grow weary in doing good," but we get physically depleted, we get mentally depleted, which raises then the question of vacations. And here's the last thing I would say: God, here's, here's the fourth foundational thing: God's Son took special times to rest from labor. Mark 6.31, he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. It's interesting that he said that right after these brothers buried the the chopped-off head of John the Baptist, which meant probably not only did you risk your lives to go get that head— um, or the body at least I don't know which they buried they they got his body they buried it you risked your lives you this has been a high stress time for you so come away uh, and and rest a while so my summary would be uh, it seems that the issue of vacations becomes a matter of wisdom we should try to know ourselves know our families seems to me that in this fallen age where the focus is on redemption, the final rest that we are promised is only tasted incrementally and uh, as a means of more productive labor in this redemptive age. Play and recreation in this age is not the main way we glorify God, it's secondary, I think, and me, it's a means of refreshing us and inspiring us for productive labor. We, we work to advance God's saving kingdom in a fallen world, and that's true whether we're, we're in secular work or so-called Christian work. Vacations and Sabbaths and days off and nights of sleep are recreations of of creative, happy, fruitful labor for the advancement of Christ's kingdom in the world, whether you're in a secular work or not. And of course, there is no clear line, I feel this especially for many of us, between vocation and recreation. (laughs) Many of us so love what we do and find so much pleasure in it and are so energized by it uh, that the concept of taking time for recreation for the sake of creation is not so clear. For, for those folks, we need to take make sure that we know not only ourselves, but we need to know those around us. Because our wives may not feel the same, and our kids may need us when we're just super energized by our reading or our study, and that's not what they need at this time, and vacations count for, for that as well as for us.
0: Thank you, Pastor John. That was a good word on vacations and rest, and we will return tomorrow. Actually, I'll return tomorrow with a weekend conversation. We're going to be talking with someone who has been studying Bible design for several decades. And we're going to talk about a little history of Bible clutter. How did our Bibles become such technical books with so many notes and symbols in it? It's an interesting story, and it has led to a Bible format that has particular ramifications on how we read and engage the text itself. We're going to look at Bible clutter tomorrow. And for more about this podcast, find us online at desiringgod.org forward slash John. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening to the Ask Pastor John podcast.